Good morning. So glad you were here. Steve has made my day. Uh, I'm assuming he mentioned, you know, something about um, room 222. If you're old, you know, then you know that. Well, I don't know that. So I feel really young today. And so just thank you, Steve, for that gift, you know, and that present. I don't know what room 22 is. It sounds dirty. It sounds wrong. So uh, I'm going to, you know, work with Steve, you know, on that. But I don't know. I know. I just don't know these things. Hey, uh, again, I'm excited that you are here. I want to remind you once again, what, what is Christmas really all about? It is not about the baby. It's what the baby represents. In fact, the angels are the ones who tell us why we celebrate Christmas. In Luke chapter 2, it says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This is for everyone. The Savior, the one who is going to come and, you cre- and create a unity back with us and God and die for our sins. The Messiah, the one that's been told through my people for generations. And the Lord, the one that you get to make, you know, the leader and the guide of your life. That child named Jesus has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we get excited on a regular basis. And last week, we began this series talking about the temptation, first and foremost, to miss Christmas based on busyness and distraction. And so I encouraged you, first and foremost, look at your calendar, clear some things off, create some margins so that you can spend time with Jesus. He's the reason for the season. We talked about Advent and that opportunity. Secondly, can you bring a gift to Jesus? And as Steve you know, talked about again, joy to the world is one of those opportunities or in compassion or hospitality, however God may lead you. And then lastly, to invite people to experience or receive Jesus. You know, remember, it's his birthday. Let's honor him by doing what he asked us to do. And we can give a present in his name. We can invite people to him. So I'm just excited, you know, about that. Now, the second reason that I believe that we have a tendency to miss Christmas is because of our own disappointment or pain or loss. It's a tough time of year for a lot of us on a regular basis. It can also be a very disappointing season. Uh, I, I feel for my wife because uh, this is a hard time for her to um, love me well. And that's because I'm a gifts person and I have my birthday and Christmas within 10 days. And it, there's a difference between gifts and good gifts. And so there's a wrestle, you know, that kind of takes place in that. So there's a disappointment that can naturally be built in into my life. And many of you know that maybe one of the reasons of that was when I was a child. You know, we get things formed in our hearts and minds when we're kids. And so um, I was in uh, fifth grade, you know, at the time, and my grandparents came to Christmas. Now, um, unlike some of you, we celebrate Christmas the right way, uh, which is you open up one present on Christmas Eve, and then you open up all the presents individually to make it last as long as possible on Christmas morning. That's the right way to do it. My wife was raised with the wrong way. She opened up all of her presents on Christmas Eve all at the same time. It was horrific. I have discipled her well, and she's now on the right path. And so that's how we have celebrated Christmas, you know, uh, um, as well. And so uh, here's the important part is if you only get one present to choose to open, it better be a good one. Better not be socks or better not be underwear or sweatshirts. You want a present you're going to be able to play with and have fun with. And so um, I knew the people I could count on was my grandparents because they spoiled me. You know, so here's the people I can count on. So I grab their present and I sit and wait for my turn. And then I open it up and uh, they could tell by the shock of my face because I looked down and I saw these beautiful, and they were beautiful, um, rocks 
that they had brought back with them from their trip to Hawaii that they thought that I would enjoy. But um, my filter, uh, not good now, even worse then, uh, was I looked at it and I said out loud, rocks, rocks, and I looked right at my grandmother's face. You got me stinking rocks for Christmas? (laughs) My mom was horrified. This is her mother-in-law, to which there was a silent pause, and then my grandmother burst into laughter. She just couldn't help but laugh at my response. It was a real gift, but she just thought it was hilarious and I was responding. So I'm crying, mom's disappointed, grandmother's laughing. Not a very good memory, you know, for us, you know, and my, my, my brothers have gotten me rocks literally every year <laughs> since that time in some way, shape, or form. And so they think it's hilarious. I'm like, is this ever gonna end, you know, along those lines? But there is, there's great disappointment, right? As parents, you're thinking, as friends, you're thinking that when you've gone out of your way to buy someone this gift or create this experience, and you're hoping for some level of appreciation or excitement, and when it doesn't happen, it can feel very disappointing. Or even the whole season, it gets so built up that after Christmas Day, you're like, that was it? You know, all right, well, I guess we'll move on to the next thing. So it can feel like a very disappointing season. Now, there's a great story in our Bibles about disappointment, about pain and loss in the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We find the story of Joseph and Mary from Joseph's perspective. Now, uh, in case you've been with us for a little while, we're not talking about the Joseph of the Old Testament. We did like a six-week series on him, but we're talking about the Joseph you know, in the New Testament several hundred years later. And this is what it says. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there were essentially three uh, um, ways in which you were you know, uh, up to this point and gotten married that's different than ours. One's different than ours. The first is there'd be the engagement season. Now, the engagement season, sometimes would be a prearranged marriage and it would last for several years, you know, or there'd be you know, a longer kind of courting, we might even call it, but it's an engagement. You could break off the engagement you know, and move on you know, to someone else at that time. What they had that we don't have is a betrothal season. The betrothal season would last usually about up to a year, and they literally called each other husband and wife. They didn't live together, but in order to break off the betrothal, you actually had to give a certificate of divorce. Then you'd actually have the marriage, you know, the wedding ceremony and then the marriage after that. So I know our Bibles say engagement here to help us understand, but it's actually the betrothal season in which they find themselves to which we find ourselves in the story. Now, Joseph... Put yourself in his shoes for just a second. Finds out that Mary is pregnant from an act of God. Okay, so process this. You're engaged. She comes to you and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And you know without a shadow of a doubt, you are not the father. And you're sitting there going, ain't mine. This is crazy. And you're devastated right? Just absolutely devastated. And then she goes on, oh, don't worry. God did this. Okay, cuckoo, we need to get you out of here. And maybe this is a good reason, you know, that we're not actually going to go through with this. But just imagine for a second, just his disappointment. Just like any other person who has ideas and hopes and dreams of what a marriage is going to look like, He spent some time. He knows what he wants this to be. It's the start of his next season of his life. And to start it off, this is the bombshell he gets. That's a pretty pretty, pretty disappointing season. That's pain. 
That's loss of what he thinks is going to happen in the future. So how would you respond to that? Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement, the betrothal, quietly. He's going to have to give her a certificate of divorce. Now, Joseph is a way better man than most of us, including myself, because he doesn't have much of a choice. Think about it from his point of view. Either he divorces her or he marries her and everyone assumes he's the father and this is a cover-up. There is no win. And he did not once ask for any of this to happen. So like Joseph, we can easily miss Christmas because of our own disappointment, our own pain, and our own loss. As I mentioned, expectations, unrealistic, maybe self-centered. Now, kids have a really hard time with this because they just can't help but think about what they're going to get. Now, uh, my uh, younger brother, Nathan, uh, experienced something similar in terms of his disappointment for Christmas. Uh, We didn't have a lot of money growing up, and so um, getting something significant like a bike was a big deal. And so my my parents uh, saved him enough money to get my younger brother a bike. And so um, um, I don't know if you've, you've had or been around kids. Here's what you know. Quality is one thing, but kids like quantity too. So they will actually count how many presents they have, and they will count their siblings' presents they have, and they'll start already comparing and be disappointed just even before we even open anything. So my father knew this about us three competitive boys. And so um, uh, we get to that Christmas morning, and, and we go around the right way, and uh, he, he opens up one at a time, gets to my brother, and he opens it up, and no reaction, just kind of puts it off to the side. Go around again, second present, opens up, puts it off to the side, Over, goes around one more time, opens it up, And now you can see that he is about to burst into tears. And my mom says, Nathan, Nathan, what's wrong? And he just goes, this is all my own stuff. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? See, come to find out, in order to make things equal, my dad went into the garage and found things that he thought that Nathan had forgotten about. And so he decided to wrap those things up so that Nathan could have this equal number of presents. Well, Nathan's memory is pretty good, and he's remembering, even though he hasn't seen this in a while, that these are all his own presents, to which he's now devastated. My mom, once again, is horrified, and we quickly sped up Christmas to get to the bike situation to turn that frown upside down just a little bit because it was going terribly, terribly wrong. See, disappointment. Uh, Do you have an idea of what you think this Christmas season should look like, and if it doesn't happen, are you going to be disappointed? Now, many of you have moved here recently. Uh, I've moved here, you know, even 10 years ago, and each year it's still a little challenging, and there's some loss, because some of the uh, opportunities that I would have and that you would have with family members and friends, they don't live in the area, and so there's a little bit of that loss, you know, that takes place because you're away from family and friends, and things are going to look a little different. Now, Joseph's life was going to look a lot different, you know, from here on out. This is also the time of year we can find ourselves disappointed And maybe how we look as we get to the year end, the weight we've gained, the goals that we didn't accomplish, it can actually feel like a season of disappointment. You've heard the song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But you and I also know it's also the most depressing time of the year. And for many, it's a very difficult season to be able to walk through as we experience once again the pain and the loss, not because of a lack of material possession, but because of the loss and the pain of relationships. See, Christmas brings up pain as we look at our relationships or even the lack of them. Uh, Maybe you're a person that's disappointed because you thought 
by this time of year you would have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or that you'd be engaged, or you'd be married, or that you would at least have kids, and you found out that you can't have kids for one reason way or another, and that's painful. Christmas brings up childhood pain of what was, what could have been, or what wasn't. And so as you're seeing this joy and all these commercials and other friends and family, you can't help but think about your own childhood as well. Christmas brings up pain of loss of relationship because of a divorce that you've gone through or an estrangement or the death of a loved one who isn't here. And it's not just for those of you who've lost someone within the past year, it's for us, it's regular on a, on a yearly basis. Like for me, I'll be honest, uh, this is always at times a, a time of sadness and a time of loss. I lost my dad about 11, 12 years ago now, and my dad, he had one hobby, and that was Christmas. And, and so I can't help but think of him. He, he is the guy for 40 years of his life, uh, he collected Hallmark ornaments. And so the day after Christmas, he would actually wake us up as boys and we'd go down for the 50% off sale at, at Hallmark and we would elbow those old ladies as best as we could, you know, and get the ornaments that we, that we wanted in the back of the store and he'd kind of rifle through them. Uh, he spent so much time on the Christmas tree and he, he couldn't wait but for Christmas morning to be able to share that with us as his boys. Uh, he did some odd things, uh, like every present that was from him was always wrapped in newspaper, I have no idea why. It was just newspaper. And then he would always give us a clue that he thought was hilarious on what the present was. And it was always a dad joke or something else like those. And we'd kind of moan, you know. And he'd love to wrap up as many presents as possible. If it was the season of getting vitamins, we'd all get vitamins. Just as another way to open and celebrate Christmas. He loved the Christmas carol. And so every year as I watch a Christmas carol in whatever version it is, it just reminds me of him. And the loss of him not being here to share it with my kids and to be able to have that. I know, I know that I'm not alone. Many of you, if not everybody in this room, has lost someone. And Christmas brings up that sense of loss. Now, I want to encourage you, but also challenge you a little bit. There is a big difference between mourning and missing. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel sad. It, it, in fact, I want to encourage you to embrace and experience it. Let it out. Don't stuff it as you go through the season. Yet at the same time, don't miss the reason for the season, which may actually help you in the mourning process. Mourn, but don't miss. That's what I encourage you with. See, we can learn from Joseph so that we also can mourn, but not miss Christmas. You see, one of the things I want you to ask and answer is, what does God's word say about your pain, disappointment, or loss that possibly could bring perspective, peace, and endurance? This is what we, we hear from the angel. And as Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. What Mary told you is true. And here's what this teaches us to ask and answer this question. Could there be something bigger at work in the midst of our pain, our loss, or disappointment? You see, as she, and then the angel goes on and says, and she will have a son, and you are to name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, this is a lot bigger than what Joseph's going through, isn't it? See, he doesn't know that. All Joseph can see is what we would call the lower story. 
All he can see is what he sees and what he's facing in his current circumstance. And what the angel reveals is an upper story, a different perspective, a different way to view what it was that was going on in Joseph's life and a challenge that he would be actually given that he could choose to accept. Now, I get it. Most of us aren't going to be visited by an angel. And if you are, I need to talk to you about that. Um, Telling us what is or going to happen. And some of us want that. We're like, man, when's the angel going to tell me about why I'm suffering while I'm going through disappointment or pain? But do you know what's better than an angel? God's word. See, an angel shows up one time with one message. You and I have the full counsel of God through the entire Bible that can give us hope, peace, perspective, and comfort as we go through this season that can be very challenging. In fact, it goes on and says this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. There it is. In our pain, in our loss and disappointment, here's what we can hold on to. His name is Emmanuel. God is with you. He is with you in your disappointment. He is with you in your pain. He is with you in your loss. He is with you. And what helps us in the midst of this season is by leaning into the one who gives hope, peace, perspective, and comfort in the midst of our pain, disappointment, and loss. Which is why the angel tells Joseph, it's Emmanuel. It's why Jesus says, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Because here's the reality, is that Joseph is still going to face some pain. But look what he did. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean his future got better. We sometimes mistake that. Well, Emmanuel, God's with us. Then that must mean things are going to go well. No, 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 no. It gives us a rock in the midst of the storm. It doesn't take away the storm. You see, Joseph was still going to be ostracized. He was still going to be made fun of. He's still going to be saying, yeah, right. Yeah, she is pregnant with whose child, Joseph? You know, uh, uh, how how in the world are you able to walk through with this confidence? Now, I've told you this before, but his family ostracized him. Mary's family ostracized them. Well, Dan, how do you know that? Well, you remember a census was taken where the line of David, anybody who was a relative of King David, had to go back to Bethlehem to register for the census, which means all of Joseph's family, and we also know that that Mary was from the line of David, that all of Mary's family would also have been in Bethlehem. They're aware that she's nine months pregnant, and there's no place amongst family in which she's invited to actually have this child. In addition, there's no record of any family members at the birth in any way, shape, or form. So although Joseph has chosen to do the right thing, he's still going to go through and face the challenging things in his life. So can we choose to do what God asks in the midst of what we are going through? Can we choose that? Now, so how do we not miss Christmas because of our pain, disappointment, and loss? Here's how. Spend time with Jesus. Bring your pain, bring your disappointment, and bring our loss to Emmanuel. He is with us. In fact, um, I don't know if you read through the Bible 
And sometimes we elevate some people in, in, in kind of like superhero status. Like, man, how in the world do they respond? One of those people for me is Job in the Old Testament. Uh, I'm blown away because in one day, within a matter of hours, Job loses everything. He loses all of his finances. Uh, he loses you know, uh, his business. And he loses the majority of his family members to death. Now, if that happened to me in one day, I know how I would respond. Here's how Job responded. He stood up and tore his robe in grief. Yeah, that sounds about right. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. To worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb. I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Job's response was not to run away from God in the midst of his severe loss, pain, and disappointment. His response was to run to God, even not understanding why God this was happening. Because he knew the one who was going to be able to help him get through this. Uh, the second thing I want to encourage you, besides spending time with Jesus, is to offer again Jesus a present. What this does when we're going through our own depression and loss and disappointment, as we go through this, it takes the focus off of us and we get to be that to somebody else who may be going through loss, disappointment, or difficulty in their life. And all of a sudden, you find comfort when you get outside of ourselves as we deal with our loss and pain by helping somebody else in theirs. It's amazing as we do this in the name of Jesus. Uh, some of you guys have heard me share this story before. Um, uh, Mike was a typical you know, guy who just got sick and tired of the hustle and bustle of Christmas, you know, the ties and the, and the things that happen every year, and he just wanted to mean something more. Well, his son was a wrestler and went to a wrestling match, and, and uh, uh, as he watched, he was just kind of shocked to see how the team that they were facing barely had enough resources to afford uniforms, and they were not very good. In fact, they just got killed. Every single one of their, 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 their kids lost. And as Mike was in the car, he said to his wife, he goes, I just wish we could just do something to uplift those kids' spirits. And that's when his wife had an idea. So she went out on her own and she bought that team brand new uniforms in the name of Mike in order for them to be able to celebrate. And then on Christmas morning, after they'd opened up all their gifts, she said, Mike, I have one more gift for you. And she went to the tree and she found an envelope. And in the envelope, it said exactly the present that she had done in his name. He was so moved and thus began a new tradition. Now, it moved away from, we're going to do this in Mike's name, but we're going to do this in Jesus' name. And every single year, they came up with a family gift and tradition that the last gift that they would open would be the gift they would provide in Jesus' name. And so they would do different things every single year. Well, after about 10 years or so of this, unfortunately, six months before Christmas, Mike got cancer and he passed away. And so she was so grief-stricken that first Christmas trying to set up that Christmas tree that that was barely enough that she was able to do before going to bed that night. She gets up the next morning, and to her amazement, there was not just one, but there were three envelopes in the tree, each unbeknownst to the other, was their kids who decided to do something in Jesus' name on behalf of their dad. What an opportunity that we have every year, even in the midst of grief and loss, to bring a present to Jesus. And lastly, as we said before, 
can we invite someone to experience him? There's no greater gift to Jesus than the gift of somebody else that potentially could last through all eternity. And Steve's right. This, this, is, this is bigger than Easter. Uh, Easter changes on a regular basis. You know, sometimes it's spring break, not spring break, different weeks, different times. But Christmas, same time, society slows down a bit, and there's something in the air, even in America today, for you and I to invite people who will say yes. And this year, as we've told you, we've given you eight different opportunities. And if it's uh, based on your schedule, you know, I'd encourage you Friday night, especially that 645, or that last one on that Saturday, which is the 24th at 6 p.m. So Friday, you know, 645 or the 24th at 6 p.m. Because again, this is the one time a year to be able to make room even for other people. Now, if you come to some of the other services, you always go where your friend is, but you're going to have to come early, which is my favorite time of year. It's the only time I can get you guys to come to church early, which is amazing. You know, I don't know how to replicate that throughout the rest of the year. I'm going to try to find a way, you know, but there's this anticipation, you know, that comes in. And so I want you to be able to experience this this year again, making it about him. So as we close, what is God asking you to do this Christmas that you're having a hard time doing in the midst of your disappointment and your pain and your loss? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are Emmanuel. You are with us. Thank you for the example of Joseph. And although the storm didn't go away, he had an anchor in the midst of it. And I pray, Father, that as we go through this season where there's going to be some disappointment, pain, and loss, that you allow us to just experience you. And if there's anybody here who's not yet experienced you, this is the opportunity, this is the season, this is the time that you would just pray in your hearts after me, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Teach me what it means to be a follower of your word through the lives of other believers. Lord, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.